Welcome to Mosaic's Portable Talks podcast series, Listening to God, where I get to sit down with family, friends, and mentors, people who are in the thick of following Jesus and embodying His kingdom and justice in their own context, and I get to ask them about how they experience the presence of God and how they pray. At Mosaic, we believe Creator God, Jesus Christ, is present and speaking always and in many ways. Some of those ways may feel like absence and silence. And we also believe that Creator God, Jesus Christ, is always drawing us deeper into the mystery and reality of His presence. I hope the conversations in this series will deepen your confidence that it is possible for you to experience God and hear Him speak to you. I also hope they provoke you to explore new faithful experiences of prayer, and I hope they stoke your desire to draw near to God's presence in Jesus Christ, which, like a fire, can warm, give light, and transform that which it touches. In this episode, I get the absolute privilege and delight of reconnecting with a spiritual director who guided me in prayer for seven years and of introducing you to her as well. Sister Kathleen Lichty is a member of the Congregation of St. Joseph, an order of nuns who have had an unbelievable impact on the work of healthcare and education here in Ontario and beyond. Sister Kathleen was trained as a spiritual director, and I was one of her directees for seven years. Under her loving guidance, Jesus met me in ways that I desperately needed, ways that continue to shape my life today. She currently serves as a facilitator of the Blanket Exercise, an experience that helps people learn about the history and reality of Indigenous settler relationships here in this land. Sister Kathleen shares really openly with us about her experiences of God's presence at different stages of her life, and also about the many ways in which she was taught to pray and about the significance of silence in the life of prayer. I hope you find this conversation enriching. All right, I am here with Sister Kathleen Lichty, who is part of the Congregation of St. Joseph's. Uh, or St. Joseph, and uh, she uh, has, excuse me, has graciously agreed to share her experience and wisdom about prayer with us. So, Sister Kathleen, thank you so much for being with me today, being with us, and, sh- and sharing with us. Would glad you be to, able to just glad to be yeah. here, Andrew. <laughs> Would you be able to just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, a little bit about? your life maybe, and just so that people can get some context for who you are. Sure. Well, um, I'm, I'm a venerable elder in my community now. Mm. Um, I am a sister of St. Joseph in Canada. We have amalgamated as of 2016. Anyway, I am originally from Woodstock. My father was a Mennonite. My mother was a Catholic. And I ended up being a Roman Catholic sister of St. Joseph when I could have wow. easily been a Mennonite, and I, that would have been fine too, but that's not where I was led. Mm. So I, uh, I know Andrew from, oh, a few years back, when mm-hmm. he came, he came uh, when I was doing spiritual direction, he mm-hmm. came to talk to me about his journey in prayer, and mm-hmm. I was very privileged to be, to be on him for that part of his journey. Mm-hmm. And he may want to say more there. But I think I'll just leave it at that, Andrew. I've I've learned sure. uh, I've learned how to do technology a bit, and I'm I'm very involved in the um, 
truth and reconciliation, indigenous rights right now. Yeah. And, I, and I do a lot of work on Zoom um, and virtual blanket exercise training is what I'm getting right now. Yeah, that's amazing. And you, so the blanket exercise is, um, is that part of Kairos? Is Kairos the organization? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A nonprofit yeah. ecumenical group, right? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I think it might be the last time we saw each other live and in person was actually at, at the blanket exercise that you were running or helping to facilitate at uh, Louise Arbor French Immersion School a few years back. Um, yeah, so that's right. So I, I got to, the privilege of meeting you, Sister Kathleen, back in 2007, and then pretty much every month um, until 2014, uh, you were my, like, we met together and you helped me so much with my life of prayer. And um, I'm just incredibly grateful for the gifts that you gave in that season of my life. It was, um, there are many and they're rich and I'm really thankful. Thank you, Andrew. That was a mutual thing. You know, it's always a great mm. privilege to journey with someone who is serious mm. about their uh, their spiritual journey. Spiritual mm-hmm. and, well, whole, the whole picture, but just mm-hmm. serious about their 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 journey in life and that was great privilege thank you so um in terms of just getting going with our interview here um what was it like for you to first experience god's presence or to hear god speaking to you well i think god is was speaking to me at a very early age but I guess as I reflect back on it, it's was I aware that God was speaking mm-hmm. to me? I think it's a question of awareness. Um, mm-hmm. I do believe that God was speaking to me all my life. But when I think back mm-hmm. on a very simple time that really comes to my mind is I think I was about 15. I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was the only one in the house. Mom hadn't come home yet from she was working. And I was the first one home. And I was in our living room. We had a very simple house. And I looked down the street. Hmm. And the street was empty. And I just had this sense of, of God's presence. It was just, mm-hmm. it wasn't a voice. It wasn't a vision. It was just an experience of being held and um, I again had that experience that I that I'm really aware is when my brother Bud was killed um, in 1957 at the age of 16 Mm. and I remember coming back to the house and I was so angry Mm. and I um, I just ripped off my clothes and I, and I mm. swore and I looked at the crucifix and I held up my fist and I said, damn you. Oof. And at that moment, I experienced profound love as if I was being hugged. And mm. I cried and cried and cried. There was another sister with me. Mm. And uh, it was the best thing that I could have done. You know, because mm. I, I guess I was holding it in. So it's, it was a journey of grief. But in mm. that moment, I experienced a profound sense of God's presence. Profound. 
And the other experience that was very profound was in 2013 when mm -hmm. I was um, at University Hospital. Mm -hmm. And I was on a breathing machine and I had, um, I was very seriously ill. I was on life support for about six weeks and my community was was saying goodbye to me. Sure. And um, I had, again, that that sense of a, of a presence. I, I, I felt I was being held. I was not afraid. Mm. I felt mm -hmm. I was being held. And I also had the experience that my sister... Who, who had been on a life support and died mm -hmm. the months before. And I had that sense that she was beside me. Mm. And we were both going through that experience. It was so wow. real, so real. Now some of it could have been medication, but <laughs> besides that, I, I know that God mm. was present. I just wow. know. Wow. Yeah. Wow, thank you for sharing those profound moments and those are sacred stories eh? and usually you know Andrew um, God's presence for me and I I think it's different for everybody mm -hmm. it, it changes you know and I think it changes as we as we become more aware of the importance mm -hmm. of presence and it isn't mm. something we can make happen well, you know we just dispose yeah. we just dispose ourselves to receive that movement of God's, mm -hmm. God's energy, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I certainly experience it when I, uh, when I'm with people in, in, for example, experiencing the blanket exercise. I experience mm -hmm. it when I'm with people in spiritual direction. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure many of people could say they experience it when they're with, when they're with people, even, even yeah. difficult, even difficult people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's mm -hmm. a question of bringing that awareness into play. You know, what is God mm -hmm. saying to me in this person that's <laughs> aggravating me? <laughs> you know, As there's a message there. You know? There really is. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yep, there is. Are there particular people along the way that helped, helped you... Um, Learn to dis to like you say to dispose yourself towards God to make yourself available to God. And I think it started at a very early age. <clears throat> you know, um, my parents certainly taught me how to pray, saying prayers, mm -hmm. and my um, my my church, um, and um, then as I got older. Uh, certainly my religious community um, mm -hmm. uh, very much so and then uh, in my in the uh, training for spiritual direction mm. um, I think in my early days uh, I was taught how to say prayers mm -hmm. and that was a predisposition mm. for mm. prayer and I th and it was it was in the moments of silence that actually were most profound, you know, most sacred. Mm -hmm. um, but it took took a few years to realize that all the other stuff like saying prayers and 
being busy about doing many things. Martha, Martha, you're busy about mm -hmm. many things. And it was just be still and know that I am, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, oh yes, I've had some really good mentors in my life and my and certainly my present spiritual direction, direction, director has been very helpful in um, being aware of the very many, many ways that God's presence can be experienced. Right now, I, I have a cardinal that visits a cardinal bird, not a cardinal named Church. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, call, I call him my cardinal archbishop. <laughs> and he visits me every morning on my bird feeder. And later on, his his uh, his mistress or his wife <laughs> comes right, and perches there too. <laughs> so it's a, it's a daily ritual of having uh. this meeting with the cardinal. And I looked up the meaning of cardinal, and it's a symbol of... The cardinal is a symbol of courage and loyalty. Oh, and it right. reminds me of the loyalty of God to me, mm -hmm. always there for me. Mm -hmm. And giving me the courage to to be authentic, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Mm. Well, thank you. Were there um, times along the way of your life where um where you where you're under so so you talked about the that shift from being taught to speak prayers right and to be about busy about many things to actually this uh, this awareness that silence is actually a place where God is very very present um and uh, and I remember that from our our conversations early on where um you often encouraged me to just make space for silence, um, which uh, is not easy. It's really not easy, right? When your inner life is very, very busy, um, the discipline of silence is 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 a gift, but also a challenge. Um, but I'm I'm curious: Are there times of your life where you've sensed that, uh, or you thought that you were sensing God taking you in a particular direction? But then realize maybe along the way, oh, that's not actually God. And then, the, and then discernment or maturity kind of led you in another direction. So what is your question, Andrew? Right. I should clarify that. So have there been times in your life where you thought God was leading you in a particular direction? And where you realized along the way, oh, nope, that's maybe my ego or that's something else getting in the way. And then you kind of had to make a course correction. And then kind of learn to tell the difference between whatever you thought was God's direction and what it was and what really was the presence of God yes um, I used to do uh, well even when I was when I was teaching I loved teaching I taught the seniors in high school oh wow and did you teach music no I taught uh, social justice and I, oh, wow. and I taught taught some sciences uh, no, I didn't teach music, although I, I do have some music. But mm -hmm. I, um, when I was teaching, or when I and later on when I retired from teaching and was doing uh, workshops for for groups, I did a lot mm -hmm. of um, visioning workshops, that type of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And I really, really enjoyed that. And mm -hmm. I would would always pray before a workshop. May mm -hmm. this be only for you only for you. And um, 
I received a lot of accolades and and you know it was very affirming and I mm -hmm. had to keep reminding myself this is for you you are doing this in me and through me remind me yeah. of that and that has been a constant prayer and that doesn't mean that I've always been egoless but I know right. how how easy it is for ego to creep in yes and um, one of the other ways that I've learned how God is leading me I think that's part of your question mm -hmm. is uh, what is fulfilling what what is what is what is drawing me to greater love and authenticity mm -hmm. and I was in a sharing group uh, actually it was within my community here and it was within a sharing group and I realized that I couldn't be uh, really authentic in my in sharing in the group and it wasn't I mean it was just a real um, task to go to the sessions with the group so I had to be honest mm. and I said to the group I said you know I, I need to withdraw from this group right now I said mm. I'm, I'm just experiencing a change in my own spiritual journey mm. and I need to follow that because because in other words I was mm. politely saying the group wasn't feeding me, mm -hmm. and it really wasn't. So mm -hmm. I, I didn't say that, but I just said I'm, I'm, I'm really going on a different path, and I need to withdraw from the group. Sure. So that took a lot of courage to, to get the right mm -hmm. wording and to not to be offensive, but mm -hmm. I had to be honest, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I knew, and I when I did that, I experienced a great, great freedom inner freedom you know yeah this was done I didn't hurt anybody in the process yeah so it's um, hmm. so I don't know if I answered your question um, yeah yeah I think so I mean I, th I appreciate that so much I think I'm hearing um, well the power of that prayer right the that forms our intention you know may this be only for you only for you um, it's and as you say like w w when we pray a prayer like that it's not it's not that our it's not that our egos magically go away or something like that right but we're aware that yeah our egos are always gonna try to <laughs> puff up our own importance but but the prayer is a way of reorient reorienting our attention and our and our hope and our um our intention back towards god um yeah, I mean, I think the, um, well, and, yeah, and, and I think I'm, I, as I'm thinking about what you just shared about that, that sharing group where there's so many pitfalls, right? When we, when we're, when we're in a community and <clears throat> are realizing that this isn't really working out, um, that's, it's hard to end well. It's hard to, it's hard to have that honest conversation to say, okay, I need to move on to something else. And, um. And what a gift of grace to 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 be given the words and the courage to, yeah, to end well with them and to pursue pursue the path that was opening before you. And and I love that sense of like I like when you talk about the sense of freedom that you had. I'm like, well, there must have been a sense of burden. Like that must have been a heavy experience beforehand. You're a good listener, Andrew. <laughs> well, I've been taught, eh? <laughs> yes, uh, yes, that's true. Yeah. Hmm.
So um, I'm curious, um, as you as you think about um, your life, uh, your life stages, perhaps, I'm not sure. I mean, I know that, you know, your life has been filled with prayer, as you've mentioned, and uh, there have been many ways in which um, you've been shaped and mentored in prayer. Um, are there... Are there seasons of your life where, where you, where certain forms of prayer or certain particular experiences have marked your life? Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes we, well, often I think almost everybody goes through these seasons of desert times or or the the dark nights of the soul or whatnot. And I don't know if you if you want to share about that or not, but. I guess I'm more curious about like over the course of your life, when you look back, are there, are there ways in which you kind of look at different seasons of prayer, different kinds of prayer and different seasons of life? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, in, in, mm. in, in when I was very young, <clears throat> the form of prayer was, um, well, we live very close to the church. It was daily mass, daily mass. Oh, yeah. daily! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was just really holy, <laughs> 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 and and I remember um, I would go to mass uh, every day before going to school. I think it was about eight o'clock in the morning or something like that, and um, and that was uh, I and that was because I I really wanted to. Um, I don't know what it was. It was the the uh, and of course in those days mass was all in Latin. It was kind of a mystery. It was around the mystery of the whole. Uh, okay, that's whole, pre-Vatican too. Oh, pre-Vatican, definitely. Oh yes. Okay. Oh yes. And then um, the whole mystery and awe of of religion religion <laughs> mm-hmm. really captured my attention. And I really appreciated the teachers I had in grade school. I, especially my grade one teacher was a sister of St. Joseph. And she was Isn't just right? so gentle. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And she spoke volumes just the way she loved us, you know, us oh, kids. Yeah. So my prayer was, and then every day, every night, the Lichty kids would say the rosary. Okay. I don't know if you've heard about the rosary. Mm-hmm. You know, I and I... Can't tell you when I last said the rosary. Now, I mean, it's, it's Is that just, right? yeah, yeah. It's it's, a, it's some people still still retain that, and it's a wonderful devotion, but mm-hmm. it doesn't speak to me anymore. My my devotion is sure. has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the saying of prayers, uh, I, I guess it was, even in high school, I I was uh, quite uh, faithful to being at church because I was the organist at church. For a while, so I was very involved. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I had a little bit of music background, so okay. then I um, I left that, and uh, then when I when I entered the community, of course we were we got uh, some um, training in, in prayer practices. We had regular okay. prayer together, okay. uh, which was very early in the morning, and mm-hmm. we would. Um, say prayers together the office praying mm-hmm. the psalms a reading mm-hmm. short reflection um, but there wasn't that much emphasis on the reflection aspect it was more talk 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 all the time 
And then uh, gradually, I had the I had the opportunity to make a thirty day retreat. Oh, wow. On that thirty day retreat, now I was fairly young at the time. Um, I, I did experience uh, um, certainly the the purpose and how helpful Alexio Divina is for prayer. Mm. I mean, of course, I knew that mm-hmm. before. Where you read a scripture passage and you stay pause with a word, with phrase. That was a means to moving into another um, area of prayer. Mm. I was going to say level, but that that's not right. That shouldn't. There's no. Mm. You you go where you're led. Mm-hmm. And then, um, in the later stages of my life, I've just come to really appreciate the role of silence. Just just being quiet, just shutting mm. up, shutting up <laughs> <laughs> intentionally, and just letting letting the silence speak. You know, and I find for me it's very helpful to do that in the morning um, before the day really starts and uh, just sit in silence for 20 minutes, half an hour, maybe an hour. Mm. Just, but but set a time that I'm going to, to do it. And if nothing happens, seemingly nothing happens, it doesn't happen. The intention is there and I'm showing up. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens may be there at that moment. And it may happen mm-hmm. later on in the day. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, kind of reviewing what happened today. How did God how did God speak to me today? Or was mm-hmm. I aware where God right. was speaking to me? And kind of mm-hmm. going over the events of the day. So it kind of ties it all in. There's a kind of a bookend, you know. The morning bookend yeah. and the and the evening. Yeah. But it's uh it's uh it's the awareness of God's presence mm-hmm. that all of these methods of prayer, I think, lead to helping a person be aware, mm-hmm. a, a consciousness, a whole new mm-hmm. consciousness of how God is acting in me and through me and is me. If I'm, mm. you know, I, I, I don't mean that as a <laughs> idolatry, but mm-hmm. God is acting in everything. Mm-hmm. Where I see God the most is in a dog. If you've got a dog and you get that dog's attention, they look into your very soul. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Dogs are little babies. (laughs) Yeah, they are. We just got our first dog this year. Oh, did you? (laughs) Yeah, I tell you what. (laughs) Is it a puppy? (laughs) Yeah, we got got her at uh, maybe two months old. And so she's like, 10, 11 months now. So, yeah, she's still a puppy. And, well, you're uh, having fun. <laughs> yeah, or else my character is being refined. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate I mean, it, it's interesting that you, you, you started off talking about the awareness of God's presence. And then you, you've brought us back there again, right? Um to say that all of these different practices of prayer are to, to help us be aware of the presence of God. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. What, what I find is a real danger in religion is mm. that we do things, and I say this of, of, of my experience sometimes, mm. of my own Catholic religion, we do, sure. things, we do things out of habit. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean anything. 
Right. It, it's easy. It's easy to to hang on to the structure, say, of the mass, and not sure. really know why am I doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and be very very intention and being very intentional of how God's presence is here now. Mm-hmm. But that's in everything, in mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. 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 I appreciate that. I think um, in the tradition that I was raised in we kind of go the opposite direction, right? Where it's like so much of it is, can be this like hyper intense evaluation of whether I'm, whether I'm really experiencing God right now, you know what I mean? Or whether, I, you know, and, and without the, the structures of something like the mass or, or, you know, written prayers or what have you, the prayers of the, the daily office or whatnot, it's almost like you have to, there can be a way in which you kind of put pressure on yourself to generate prayer and conversation with God. Um, that that can just be a burden, right? It can just be a source of stress for folks. And, um, and I think that, well, yeah, I just really appreciate what you said earlier that there are many, many forms of prayer, but the, the, the point of it is that we are present to, to the living God. The living God is present to us. And, um, and whatever gift God wants to give in that moment, okay, or not, you know? or not, or not, yeah. exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that's right. Um, yeah, that's that's real. Well, thank you. I I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to share? Because I I think. Well, I was just, uh, yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking, yeah. Andrew, that uh, the danger I think is um, that I know I can very easily become too analytical. You know. When when you're yeah. when you're talking about your prayer, or you are you in in a let's say talking with your spiritual director and saying thinking, well, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. The worst thing is to is to get into that should mentality, yes. which I think not only Catholics have that, but I think that's pretty common, and we we so. and we we get into this um, oh I don't know guilt blame. Um, yeah. you know, and forget. And as we're doing that, as we're doing that analyzing, we're forgetting mm-hmm. that the person who wants to be with us is waiting. It's just waiting for us to pay attention. Yeah. As we're busy, as we're busy looking at the plant and the roots and see how we're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, it's, uh, just be still and know that I, that's a wonderful Psalm, be still and know that I am God, or be still, just be still, mm. just be still and know, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, so yeah. I don't know if that's helpful, Andrew. That's great. Thank you so much. I'm really thankful. I mean, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your life. And there's always more. Uh, joy whenever I talk to you. I'm like, man, you're just so good. For what you're doing and uh, what, oh, what, you. What, what you have done over the years. And uh, thank you for this interview. And-